0: Blog
1: Talk Radio It's the Speeway Show, an idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speeway. Well you had a plan and it was practically foolproof. You started out the year with grand designs. It was brilliant. You were not going to be on the shell, but you were going to be the biggest loser and lose half yourself by summertime. Why, you, yes, you, were going to be in such great shape. You could have gone butt to butt on any cute Brazilian side in a string bikini. This was your great plan. Well, now... Summer is around the corner, and, well, at least that's true for those of us above the equator. And you haven't lost a single pound. And you are feeling not so successful. Yeah! Nothing has changed. People still congratulate you on your impending bundle of joy, even though you're not pregnant <laughs> your man boobs rival uh, any woman's uh, and if anything your biggest comfiest clothes feel tighter than ever oh oh that <laughs> <laughs> you Well, today we're not going to talk about dieting. I'm not going to sell you on the latest, greatest uh, fruit or weird magical weight loss food from the Amazon. We're going to have a conversation about methods that are tried and true. In particular, tried by me and true as I sit before you here today. So we're going to start with some truths. I got this truth from a professor. Well, he wasn't even a professor. He was one of the football coaches at my college. I went to Defiance College in Ohio. And for those of you who are thinking, Defiance, hmm, why does that sound so familiar? Maybe it sounds familiar. If you happen to watch Scandal and you remember the first season where there was a huge scandal around vote rigging-based out in Defiance, Ohio, is one of the locations. So anyway, came to fame for Defiance, Ohio, I suppose. Anyhow, my coach was teaching. He taught a uh, phys ed class, and we were required to take phys ed as one of our um, courses over the course of our bachelor's degree. And the first day, this professor got up in front of us, and he said to us, I am going to tell you something right now that is going to save you a lot of money and a lot of heartache over the rest of your days. If you remember nothing else, and it was actually pretty fortuitous and foretelling because I surely do remember nothing else from that class, but he said, if you remember nothing else, remember this, there are only two ways to lose weight, period, the end, diet and exercise. That's it. And he said, with regard to those two things, the math is simple. The single most reliable way to lose weight is make sure that what you are taking in is less than what you are putting out. If you are burning 2,000 calories a day, you need to eat less than that if you want to lose Wait, he said. Forget the gimmicks. Forget the uh, magic pills. They will not work. Um, and you know, in fairness, I thought it was interesting because I had, at the time, just gone out and bought some magic pills. I bought these diet pills that were supposed to curb your appetite and make you lose weight. And uh, I was so silly and so new at this whole diet and weight loss thing and so enamored that, you know, I'm in the United States, so everything on the commercials surely works because everything is true, kind of like everything on the Internet is true, right? And I went out and I bought these diet pills and I took them. And I kid you not, I remember sitting on my bed in my dorm room waiting for the pounds to melt off because that's what the commercial did. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, it didn't.
1: And so I'm sitting there in this class and I'm thinking, hmm, um, he sure, I don't know if he's right about everything, but he sure seems to be right about that one thing. And the other reality that I, I, I came to as I was sitting there waiting for my diet pills to work, which they never did, was that actually most people don't eat because they're hungry anyway, right? So if you're eating because you like food, You're eating because you're bored. You're eating because you're comforting yourself. You're eating for a whole host of other psychological reasons. It actually doesn't help you at all to buy diet pills that are going to curb your appetite because your appetite was never the problem to start with. The other thing that our coach said was forget the magic gadgets. But in particular, there was one that was being advertised that you put around your waist and it was this electronic belt that would vibrate. And all you had to do was sit there and do whatever you normally did, and this thing would vibrate and melt away the pounds. And my coach said, forget that. If you think that you're going to be able to strap this thing on and watch the pounds melt away while you sit there noshing on your potato chips, it ain't going to happen. It doesn't work. So that is the first thing that... I learned as a reality, diet and exercise. So I would uh, suggest to you, if you have tried gimmicks, if you have tried the pills and the magic foods and the magic gadgets and you've got a bunch of stuff that's sitting in your closets and under your bed that's never worked, just remember that at the end of the day, it's all about the diet and the exercise. And by the same token, it suggests that actually every diet works as long as you can sustain on a long-term basis eating less than whatever you are burning. So that is the first thing that I will leave you with. Now, I um, have been on various diets over the course of my life. I have gained and lost oh, probably over 100 pounds in my lifetime. And I have tried it and succeeded at it in different ways. But the thing that I was trying to get away from and that I've never liked is dieting because dieting is always short-term, right? And you might go on a diet where you're eating, you know, weird stuff that you normally would never eat in your regular life and in your natural habitat, as I like to call it. And the problem is the minute you leave your uh, diet regimen, you're back to your natural habitat. And Typically what happens when you go back to your natural habitat and and in this context, your natural habitat is your natural way of living and eating. And the minute you go back to your natural habitat, your weight is going to regulate back to whatever your natural habitat is. So if you're in natural places, you're going back to eating a lot of junk food, a lot of fast food. That's unhealthy because actually nowadays there's healthy fast food. Um, If you're going back to that, then your weight is going to go back up to some level that is typically sustained by you in your natural habitat. So one of the things that I found that is successful, and this actually is a long-term strategy. It takes time, and you're not going to do it in a week, in a month, but it is finding a way to weave good dietary habits into your natural habitat, into your everyday lifestyle so this is not about deprivation it is about empowerment so what is it that i can do in my day-to-day life every day that will sustain the level of weight that i want to have without me having to sort of white knuckle it grit my teeth and and try like the dickens to maintain this weight at some you know ridiculous artificial level that's never going to wait But that's never going to work because, actually, it is not sustainable on a long-term basis. So then, um, I used to think, gee, I can't eat such and so because I'm trying to lose weight. And then one of the turning points, because I'm going to give you my sort of pivotal moments that have helped – One of my turning points was when I stopped, and I can't remember what it was. I listened to something or I read some article, and it just changed the way I thought about diet. Rather than thinking to yourself, shucks, I can't eat that because I'm on a diet, or shucks, I can't eat that because I'm trying to lose weight, think about it in terms of empowerment, and here's what I mean. Start thinking instead, and now this worked for me. I started thinking because I've done weight loss shows before last year i did a whole series about this time last year on you know how to lose weight and i've had uh, guests on the show i've had professionals on the show who have talked about bodybuilding kind of stuff and if you want to hear some of those shows they might not be on the website because the website uh www.speedway.com or the com only carries uh, shows that date back 12 months however I would encourage you to go and browse through the shows on the uh, iPod, on the iTunes um, podcast page for the show. You can get links from any show on com, or if you are in iTunes, you can just run a search for Spiway and the shows will come up. That, uh, so the podcasts have all of the podcasts that have ever been created, including all of the Weight Loss shows. And over the past three years or so, there have been many. But among things that I learned is, you know, I talk about this concept of, you know, thin people and thin people's habits. And in one of those past shows, I suggested that if you're wondering what's wrong with your eating habits, you should go hang out with some thin people and see what they do because their habits are assuredly typically very different from yours. And so then I started thinking, rather than deprivation, I started thinking, well, I thought about myself in the context in which I wanted to exist. And that context was, I wanted to be a smaller version of me. I wanted to be thin. Now, I use thin very loosely because thin for many of us is a relative term, right? And uh, if you're 5'2", like me, thin means something very different in terms of pounds than if you are, say, 5'10", right? So... I'm thinking to myself, and also, you know, depending on your body type, thin for me is not thick, thin. It's not flat bottomed. It's not thin thighs. Thin for me is so curvy because that's how I'm built. Uh, but it is uh, at a weight where I can look at my abs naked in the morning and feel good about myself. That's the US version of thin. So. I started thinking I am thin, and as a thin person, I do not eat donuts every day. As a thin person, I am not going to eat that great big huge steak today. As a thin person, I'm not going to, and I'm not going to, and I'm not going to. And it was a very different feeling than saying I can't eat this because I am on a diet or because I need to lose weight. One day, as I'm having my think-thin, you know, kind of concept and avoiding things, surprisingly, one day, I actually woke up and I realized, to my surprise, because I hadn't been paying attention and I hadn't been weighing in like I usually do, that I actually had reached my ideal weight, 123 pounds. That was my ideal weight at the time. And I hit that number and I was... After that, I started thinking to myself, well, I weigh 123 pounds. I don't eat this, and I don't eat that. And so today, that is the lifestyle that I have. And as somebody who weighs 123 pounds, I have certain habits that I have chosen for myself. So that is one thing that I would suggest that you can think about. Think about where you want to be and use that to empower your thinking as opposed to thinking about weight in terms of deprivation. Here's the other interesting thing that I've discovered. I've discovered that actually even at my 123 pounds, donuts and pizza are okay. I occasionally have the pizza and the cocktail and the donuts and the bagels. These are all things that I really, really, really love. The difference between today and when I weighed 133 pounds is that I do it on occasion and I don't do it daily. I do it when I go out with friends and colleagues. I might do it once a week. uh, And if I go out with my thin friends or my body conscious friends, I pick healthy options. Um, I, I... I recently started dating a guy who looks like a bodybuilder, because you know that's kind of my type. I like guys who look like that, and not just because they look really great, but also because they have a tendency to have really good discipline around food and they have really great eating habits. And so my my beloved and I are driving down the street looking for a place to eat, and I said, Hey we should go and eat at uh what did i say i said we should go eat at that place and it was some place called you know like pork and ribs or something and he just drove on by and i thought well wait just a minute <laughs> did he just drive by and i think he thought i was kidding and um he didn't stop, didn't think about it, didn't do anything. And we went instead to a healthy, Thai place where you pick out your veggies and you pick out your your meat and you give it to them and they fry it up for you and it's great. And so I thought, well, ain't that funny um, because that was what he ate. And when I laughed about it and I said, oh, you just drove by the rib place, he was like, you know, I don't eat pork. I didn't think you were serious. And I thought, well. Frankly, I sh- I had no business in the pork and rib place anyway. Now had I been with somebody else, they'd have been like, okay, great, and we'd have both gone in and we'd have chowed down on some ribs and some barbecue chicken and we'd have had a blast. But not so good for the diet. So if I go out, I try and have a decent meal, a healthy meal. And if I have to have that donut and coffee for breakfast, that's all I have for breakfast. And I have a conservative lunch and i have a very conservative dinner. And, you know, I remember a time when I was in law school. I was a waitress, and I started to notice that the thin people had very different habits from the chubby people. I was one of the chubby people. We would take – we would trade with the thin people. So I would give away my salad in exchange for another slice of German chocolate cake. And that thin person who took my salad also had a really decadent dressing they would say, oh, I've got to go run this off, and they'd go run off and run like 10 miles for every tablespoon of dressing they had. And I used to think that was the most idiotic thing because I was like, see, whiz, you know, you're so thin, why do you even need to things like that? And what I came to realize is that's how you avoid having to suddenly lose 5 pounds, 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 50 pounds. You watch every day what you eat, and you counterbalance on a daily basis. Not at the end of the week, because at the end of the week, you will have forgotten 10 of the 20 donuts you ate. And you don't wait until you weigh 20 pounds to suddenly decide it's time to do something about it. If you do it every day and you make those conscious trade-offs every day, it will keep you in check. You watch your pennies, your dollars will take care of themselves. The concept is the same. The other thing that I have done that I have found very successful, and this is along the lines of having a lifestyle of success as opposed to a periodic diet, is find healthy options that you love. When I am not going out with my friends, when I am just living my everyday life, I purposefully eat uh, low-calorie foods that I really like. I have a sweet tooth. This is my Achilles heel. And uh, in my world, you know, donuts, cupcakes, they're all welcome. Uh, uh, Tiramisu, uh, creme brulee, you know, all those things I love. I love the rice. I love the bagels. I love all that stuff. Anything that has a lot of dough, anything that's white, I love those kinds of foods. And I also know that those are the things that I should exactly avoid. So what do you do when you have a sweet tooth like me and you're trying to stay at your 123 pounds? Well, I found things that I liked that were healthy, that were sweet. I eat sweet corn. I love sweet corn. I eat sweet potatoes. I drink tea with sweetener. And I pick sweet snacks like the Special K bars that are under 100 calories each that I get to eat to get my sugar rushed. That is how I get my sweet tooth satisfied if I want chocolate i will i don't actually keep or buy chocolate for myself. What I will do instead is I will walk down the hallway. Um, one of our executive administrators at my office has a candy jar where she keeps really yummy things like the little bite sized um, Milky Ways and the Snickers bars and the Mr. Good bars and the Kit Kats and I go and I get one of those and that satisfies my sweet tooth. It's not nearly as much as a whole candy bar which I always feel compelled to finish if I start eating it and that's how I maintain my weight. The other thing uh, that I do is I, I buy and I stock my refrigerator and my pantry as well as my uh, my snack uh, drawer at work with things that I'm, I'm, I'm not going to mind eating. So if I have a craving for salty stuff uh, rather than high-calorie chips, I might snack on a handful of peanuts. Apparently a handful of peanuts a day, according to some study, is actually a healthy thing. Um, you can run into problems if you can't limited to a handful, but, you know, that's a story for another day. And that's a question of discipline, which is portion control, right? So I might have my handful of peanuts. I might have some low-calorie chips, or I might have some low-calorie crackers. Even with things like, particularly with things like chips and crackers, you will find it's really, really difficult to find foods that are really low calorie and low in saturated fats and low in all those things that you're not supposed to eat too much of. But the um, trade-off is if you don't eat a whole lot of that stuff, instead of eating an entire bag of chips, maybe you eat a quarter of a bag of chips or maybe you finish off your daughter's bag of chips after she's done with it rather than having an entire bag of your own. Uh, Those are just little things you can do throughout the day. The other thing that I do is I eat throughout the day. So every time I have ever gone to a physical fitness trainer, they always say, if you want to lose weight, you have to increase the number of times that you eat and reduce the portions. So rather than eating three meals a day or two meals a day, you eat five small portions in a day. Part of what that does is it keeps your metabolism moving throughout the day so that you're burning more consistently. And this has helped especially if you exercise on a regular basis because that's going to increase your sort of the resting rate of your metabolism anyway. And so I like to eat through the day. I will have typically a protein breakfast. So I might have egg and a meat. I like egg and salmon. I am particularly partial to, um, this is a personal thing, I really like veggie burgers. And um, they're low-calorie and they're meatless, which is good because I I like to limit the amount of meat I eat. And they are good. So I will have a, this might sound really strange, but it tastes very good. I'll, I'll heat up a veggie burger and I'll fry an egg uh, Pan-fried, usually in zero-calorie Pam, and um, or some equivalent uh, spray, cooking spray. But um, I will have my fried egg, and I will take my veggie uh, burger, and I will put mustard and ketchup on it. I might put onions and tomatoes if I have them, and then I'll slap on that egg, and that's breakfast. No bun. Uh, and I tend to avoid things that come in white on a regular basis. So things that come in white, like uh, rice, like pasta, like breads, And I don't say white things, and I say things that come in white because actually what I've discovered, and and I learned this, I picked this up actually from another fitness trainer and and bodybuilder who said that actually wheat products are often not that good for you either because they have a component of the wheat, but it's not really 100% wheat that you're eating. You're still eating something that was probably processed and it might have been white to start with, and then they added some wheat to it to make you feel like it was going to be healthy. So all that to say, and I really don't want to think about my diet that much because I'm not into counting calories. I, I, I can't sustain that on a daily, habitual basis. So I'm not going to worry about my calories. All I know is, I have some, you know, very broad rules that I try and avoid. so I try and avoid things that come in white, And I also believe, and I found this to be largely true food is going to be best if you eat it in the closest condition to the way God made it. So a potato is fine unless you bake it, and then you pour sour cream and bacon bits and butter and all sorts of unhealthy things into it if you simply take your baked potato you put salt and pepper on it and maybe some raw vegetables like you put on some chives you put on some tomato you put on you know whatever it is you like that is actually going to be fine um and a lot better than a potato that has been deep fried in fat and has now turned into a french fry or uh, you know onions are fine by themselves, if you just lightly saute them, uh, as opposed to the onion ring that has now been deep battered fried and is you know has a whole lot of stuff added to it that God did not make it with so natural stuff is best if i 'm making chicken, then i 'm not adding a lot of fat i 'm not adding a whole lot of stuff to it i'm either grilling it or i 'm baking it. I am putting seasonings on it um, I might stew it. And I will stew it in water and put my favorite seasonings in it, and that's how I get the flavor. So these are ways that I have found that have been really, really useful. Uh, Rather, when I go out, I I don't drink a lot of high-calorie stuff because you'd be amazed at how many calories you pick up from drinking soda, from drinking alcohol in particular, And from drinking things like, you know, really decadent um, designer coffees, uh, the lattes, the mochas, the stuff that comes with cream and whipped cream and caramel and buttered this and, you know, magic that. Now, I love that stuff, and I have to have my cup every morning of, uh, I I have a Keurig coffee maker, so I love Keurig coffees, and I I have a sweet tooth, as I said, so I will put, you know, my nonfat sweetener, And I love my my creamers. So I put my creamer in it. That's my treat because I know that I'm going to have my, you know, high-protein breakfast and so the two kind of offset each other. Um, So rather than pop or alcohol, I most often drink hot tea, which I really like and it has no calories. Um, I have increased my water intake because I discovered um, water flavorings because I have a sweet tooth, so drinking water by itself is not terribly exciting. And uh, if you go and look in the grocery stores uh, in the U.S., you'll find these flavored things, the sandy drops, uh, and um, there are a whole bunch of different kinds, crystal, uh, Makes some of them. I mean, there are a bunch of different, more than you could even possibly ever want. And find the flavor that you want, I put that in my water bottle, and it keeps me drinking water all day long. If you are in the UK, I actually got turned on to flavored water by saying cordial. Uh, in the UK, they have this thing called cordial. You add it to your, you add it to your water, and it tastes phenomenal. So these are things that I do that help improve and sort of, you know, sustain my good habits. And um, so I would suggest to you that you take a look at your diet and not your diet like I'm going to go on a 90-day fast or some sort of gimmick diet, but look at your natural habitat diet and ask yourself, how then can I improve what I am eating and how I'm eating it so that I can sustain it long term. And you, yes, you can address the fact that you are still chubby after four months, and it will get better. So that is all I have for you today. Thank you for joining me on the Speedway Show. I encourage you to visit uh, the or uh, speedway.com or the iTunes uh, podcast and uh, download this and other shows and also on the Uh, posting on show.com, you will find links to uh, articles that may also assist you in your quest to improve your physical situation. So go in peace. This is Spewe saying thank you for joining me. Go in peace and lose that weight. Thank you for joining us on The Speedway Show. Visit thespeedwayshow.com for content and other episodes. Join the fan page at facebook.com slash show. And follow Speedway on Twitter at the handle thespeedwayshow. Until next week, live well, live fully, and love deeply.